Welcome to Conversations with Z and Vindesh, a weekly discussion that explores common life challenges and offers practical solutions. Learn more at dharmamedia.com. That's D-H-A-R-M-A media.com. All right. Welcome back, boys and girls, to this week's episode of Conversations with Z and Vin. Z, as usual, we're talking about things going on in the world. And we're talking about work. We're talking about lifestyle. We're talking about politics. We're talking about war. The one thing that all of these have in common is that we get this momentum and people just keep on going in their patterns and their routines. And it's almost like these systems keep on turning without anyone taking a pause to ask, does this make any sense? That's really the topic of today's conversation, the pause. When do we want to take that pause? When do we want to ask questions? And conversely, there are times when we don't want to ask questions, we just want to act. So let's tease that out and figure out when is a good time for pausing? When is a good time for acting? Just to build on this a little bit more, I was thinking about the work environment as we were talking about earlier. Just going into the corporate world, you see people who are sitting down all day, eight, nine, 10 hours a day, bad posture, hunched over a computer, not really getting up to walk around, really no movement, not a lot of energy. It takes a physical and a mental toll. And it's gotten to the point where people expect to be unhealthy. You expect that you're going to get to a certain age and you're going to be overweight, you're going to be fat, you're going to be wrinkled, you're not going to be sexually attractive, you're not going to be able to to do basic things to move yourself around in the world. And the advice that we're getting, it's almost like a joke. It's uh, People are telling us, okay, just make sure you get up from your desk and, and walk around for a few minutes. Don't just sit there for 10 hours a day. And I look at this sometimes and I think, what kind of world are we living in? How did we get to this point where our standards for healthiness, for basic physical function have gotten to such a desperate point? Uh, But as we're talking about, a lot of it is that we just go on and on with these routines and not enough people ask questions and stop and say, does this really make sense? Or maybe the ones who do take themselves out of that system and they go and do do something else. Uh, But the ones who stay behind are the ones who just go along and never really question why they're doing the things that they're doing. That's one example. Another example, we're talking about politics. We're talking about things like abortion, things like the war. And these things just go on of their own accord, seemingly. So we have politicians who are driving policy discussions and policy changes around abortion, who are advocating for more money, more weapons going to Ukraine. And I'm not here to talk about whether it's right or wrong. I don't want to turn this into a political debate. I do want to observe that this is just happening. No one has really asked what people's consensus is. In fact, my view is if you ask the average person, most people would say, you know what, I don't care about Ukraine, or maybe I care, but I don't care enough to risk nuclear war. I don't care enough to pay six or seven dollars for a gallon of gasoline. I don't like the inflation. I don't like higher food prices. If you go and ask people in third world countries, they're going to say, you know what, I'd rather be able to eat. I'd rather be able to buy wheat at a reasonable price. Uh, I'd rather have fertilizer so that I can grow some crops and feed my family than support this this war that has nothing to do with me. So it's unclear whether the decisions that we're making really represent the interests of the people. Uh, But there's a system in place and there are politicians in place who are making these decisions 
Uh, there are certain worldviews that are informing these decisions. There are institutions and special interests which keep the whole machine turning. And not enough of us are stopping and pausing and saying, should we really be doing this? Does this make any sense? Do we want to spend more money on this war? Do we want to support a national ban on abortion? Is this really what we signed up for? Shouldn't we at least have the conversation? And perhaps, Z, as we've been talking about, if enough people did this, it would give leaders some pause. It would open things up for debate. Maybe we'd end up in different places. Uh, Maybe we wouldn't be so divided. Uh, We wouldn't have a situation where we've got a relatively small percentage of the population controlling our collective direction without debate and without uh, consensus. Uh, So that's the topic for today, this idea of just pausing, taking a step back and asking where the direction or whether the direction we're going in makes sense. Uh, But the flip side of this, Z, is are there times when we just want to act? Because there are certain times where maybe we don't have the luxury of asking questions. Maybe it's counterproductive. Maybe we want to drill. We want to train. uh, We want to learn something. And we just need to, to suppress Uh, that anxiety or that desire to have all the answers and just go full force and be in that action mode. Why don't we start over there? What what is your view? Can you help us think about when the right time is to pause versus the right time to just go full force? Yeah, Vin, I'm going to talk about it from a few different places. Um, When when you talk about taking a moment, a, a contemplative moment, it isn't necessarily measured by our regular standard of time, but just to contemplate the difference between a response and a reaction is the strategy. If it's contemplative, if your movement is contemplative, if you've thought about it a bit, then that is a response. If you haven't considered or come with a strategy, even if it's a, 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 a very practical and, 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 and kind of a micro strategy, it's still a response. When Muhammad Ali was bobbing and weaving and moving his head away from his point, he was not reacting to them throwing punches. He was responding to their punches. Um, his response to them throwing a punch at him was to avoid the punch. Now I'm going to apply that to everyday life and the, the, the science of being human. We have a mechanism in our body that we refer to in sports medicine as the rate of force development, rate of force development. So I was working with Caitlin and teaching her how to kick. And as usual, Caitlin had a lot of stuff to say unnecessarily about kicking or something. And then I was explaining to her, when you do a kick, I want you to do a simple thing. Reduce the amount of thinking to go. Position yourself and at some point in your mind, say go. And then let the kick take off, just like you were taking off running, you were in starting block, and the starter said, on your mark, get set, go. You just go. You just take off. If you're a drag racer, you watch the staging lights. They go red, yellow, 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 green, and you go on green. So we're looking for the rate of force, uh, the rate of force development, which is what we call a reaction time um, based on the 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 movement that you'd like to create. So the less interference with that rate of force development, the clearer and faster your movement will be, or the more timely that movement will be. You may not even move physically faster, but all the delays leading up to the movement are gone, so the overall 
um, Eclipse time of action is reduced because you didn't waste your time doing other stuff, thinking, considering, going back and forth, as Kate was doing walking in circles. I think at some point she went and looked out the door, and it was like, <laughs> no, just throw a kick. And, and so once she did simply just throw a kick with a single-minded intention, it, she threw a knockout kick, right, Kaylee? I mean, she hit the bag so hard, uh, Jonte became jealous. So he heard this, this loud report from the bag. He said, dang, I've been working on this for years, and I just got like that last week. Kaylee goes in by accident and, and blasts the bag almost out of the room when she cleared her head. But at that time, I had to go back into the hyperbaric chamber because I was so depleted from yelling at her. And, and my head was hurting, my back, I was just exhausted just getting Caitlin to be quiet and do one thing. So when we think about rate of force development, where does that come from? How long does it take us to act? And what are the, what are the elements that buffer action or hinder action or retard action? So as we apply that to everyday life, you think about things that are going on in our world. Uh, you talked about uh, this, this kind of Ukraine thing going on. And every day they announce more and more billions of dollars are going. And you think about it. I just want everybody, don't take a side. And I know that's hard to do, but remember, all the sides we're taking are based on information fed to us by so-called reliable sources that are feeding us confirmation information. So whatever you believe in, there will be somebody confirming your belief without any deep analysis of it. It feels good. It sounds good. It gives you a little spike of, of endorphins because your team is winning or your team is better. But no, you're being manipulated and misguided. All of us are. So even if it's a source you like, look at it with a, a little bit of curiosity, a little bit of pessimism, a healthy dose of pessimism. And remember, they're selling you something. They're selling you an idea. It is not based on a holistic way of gathering information and coming up with um, solutions to problems. So going in knowing that, you can go, hmm, what are they saying and do I agree with this? So. The idea that you are fueling a war, just fueling a war out of all the many conflicts. At any one time, there's a hundred conflicts going on on Earth, at least a hundred uh, significant conflicts. You have to ask yourself first, why does this one bother me and not the other one? Take a pause. Don't make any decisions. Don't take any sides. Just ask yourself, why does this bother me and something else doesn't? It's the same way when you go to your media outlets, your news outlets, and you hear these stories. Why, doesn't, why don't these stories play on certain channels? You'll hear a story about somebody did something to somebody or there's this or that, and then it's not headlines on another news channel. If it, why is that? Well, because they're appealing to a certain part of us. They appeal to a certain part of us to get us to buy into and be part of the collective herd that's driving the, 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 or supporting that particular ideology. 
So you want to, you're part of a herd. I think for the opt-outs and us trying to be more thinking people at this point in humanity, we just don't want to be part of a herd. We may visit the herd and have some sentimental attachment to the herd, but we need to be very careful in being part of herds, period. The, 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 the benefit is no longer as great as the liability anymore, being part of herds. You saw that with the COVID herd. Now they're saying that everybody that got vaccinations are now getting sick with COVID. They're having all kinds of things. Well, I felt this way all along, uh, it, it, but it, it's things you have to be very careful about saying because even people you like can be so caught up into common narratives, herd narratives, that it offends them or alienates them or challenges them to the point where it's not really worth the fight because maybe there's other qualities in these people that are pretty cool. So I just like to set boundaries with people. But I never agreed with the whole way, as, as we've talked about before. And now that it, it's subsided and they have other issues, they're trying to go to war with Russia and all this kind of stuff, and they're talking about other things, I want to use the same reflective tools to get us all to know when to pause and when to act. So any drumbeat of war, I would like everyone, no matter what you believe in, I know there's a lot of people that see the, the little cute kids in Ukraine uh, dirty, and you want to act, you want to send them all your money, you want to go over there, you want to join the fight, right? Have you not heard the same line run out again? There has not been a conflict on earth that was not sponsored by part this this idea of a military industrial complex uh, since World War II. But they keep running out the same propaganda. Uh, here it goes. He's a dictator. He's a tyrant. He's soulless. He's unhealthy. He eats children. He kills children. He beats the elderly. He hates the elderly. He doesn't like Santa Claus. Um, and they say this about everybody as they get the drumbeat of this kind of herd support of them versus us. If you break from the herd and you just listen and do just a very little bit of research, you often find that these conflicts will benefit somebody at the cost of many. Do you want to be a part of that? And none of these conflicts will affect your everyday life unless you've bought into it as a herd, the herd gets involved, they make enemies, they support, advocate the destruction of others. Now that herd has enemies, that enemy will come over and blow you up and re wreak havoc upon your peace. And then, then you, see, you see where we're headed? So who are these people that you allow to speak for you? these politicians. Who of them? Why would you even entertain? These are people you wouldn't trust alone in your home. You wouldn't trust them at your house. They are untrustworthy. Uh, most of them are, are sociopaths. They love fame, notoriety. Like you Think about the average person. Who would do politics? Just raise your hands if you want people uh, with cameras in your bathroom scrutinizing your life, going back over your preschool records. And then uh, you have to lie about your life constantly. What kind of person would want that anyway? I understand there are people who have an overwhelming desire to 
control society for good or for bad. Those are people who typically go into politics. But there has to be restraints. You think about the court systems. Whatever your politics are, the U.S. legal system is collapsed in front of your eyes. Uh, they say the Supreme Court has no oversight. So if one of these people are partisan or political or whatever, uh, you're just supposed to trust that they're on the right side. There is no right side in politics. There, there is no right side. If it's good for me and bad for you, it's not good for society, period, because we coexist. We coexist. So if you're doing something that hurts me and it makes you feel better, our coexistence is compromised. So a statesman, a great politician, uh, someone who would represent the uh, diplomat of humanity would be a person who could navigate that terrain who could understand or have empathy for a number of people. Not, maybe not everybody, but a large number of people. There are 300 million people in America. I don't, know if how, I don't know anybody that I know of that voted to send billions of dollars to uh, promote a war in Eastern Europe. I don't know anybody that I know that thinks that's a good idea. Maybe John Tate does. I, the average person, I think, just... When you hear the numbers and you're pumping $7 a gallon gas and gas prices, the, the, the barrel of oil has gone down significantly, but yet the price of fuel is going up. And then you hear announcements that they're sending billions to Ukraine. That's the latest number, 41. But every week it's some more money. I heard some then random stuff. You know that all that money is going directly into the hands of oligarchs, directly because the weapons being traded and sold are surplus weapons, weapons that are about to expire. They have expiration dates like bread on many of these weapons when they become, when the, the, the nitrocellulose uh, primers and things become unstable, uh, the gel TNT and all that becomes unstable and all the other chemicals are used. So they have to blow these things up. So they're dumping these weapons. Then they add a bill to it, which they only really have to do. And you're, and my gas is seven dollars a gallon. Yeah. So Lockheed's making hand over foot, and you're making enemies. You're making generational enemies. Every time they get on the news and say, "Ah, oh, Putin's crazy," and we blew up his ships, and and his army is running away, he blows up another city. You notice that? I mean, this is like, we need to let us think, people. I, I'm just using this as an example of, as, as we start, when to act and when not to act. When to just go for it and when to think. When it comes to these things, just think. Is a nuclear war good or is it bad? Is your gas too high? And the people that control it are not even accountable. In India, they declared certain parts of India uninhabitable because of the heat, the pollution, the off-gassing of toxins coming from the soil has made certain areas of India and Pakistan uninhabitable because of the rapid change in the climate of the earth. So this has been something scientists have projected 
as long as I can remember. When I was in the 70s and the 60s, they had a, a whole scare called ZPG, zero population growth. They were pushing for zero population growth because they had predicted with the technology and understand the day, if we go at this rate and there's more than five or six billion people, we cannot manage the Earth's resources and we will kill each other. Well, they didn't anticipate the rise of internet and all this, so now we're at eight billion and everything is coming true. And because it is so highly politicized, science doesn't matter anymore. It's your political affiliation. So no one can come together to rescue our common mother. And to the very end, people are bickering over political partisanship in this country and in many other countries. They're looking for the rise of a super dictator. We've seen the shift in consciousness where one side is, is used to complain about feudalism and, 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 and dictatorships. Now the other side wants feudalism and dictatorship. And, and it's just insane because we are like cows, sheeple. We're literally like sheeple. Just going from one move to another, you get your tribal designation, you defend it at all costs, even to your own detriment. This is a time for those who opt out to act, to actively avoid all of this. They were trying cryptocurrency for a while. That looked like it would be a good thing. Then the government said, we're going to regulate cryptocurrency. Well, it's supposed to be a non-regulated thing. The minute they regulate, it's no good anymore. So now we got to figure out another way to get around uh, the madness of these sociopaths intervening in our life. And then we want to be very careful because we have tribal sentiments and attachments to different sides that are dead wrong. You mentioned, Van, that uh, you said this guy, uh, uh, some you know, right-wing extremist radio guy or TV show host, was, uh, had something uh, really smart to say about uh, the Russia-Ukraine conflict, which I agreed with the guy. And, but I could never support the guy because he also is a card-carrying member of the KKK and the neo-Nazi party. That doesn't mean what he's saying is wrong. I agree with what he says, but I will not support him or his uh, advertisers or anything like that. But, but again, a stop clock can be right twice a day. And I'm able to listen to people I don't necessarily agree with their doctrine. I want to know if what you're saying is relevant or not. Can you show me true north? And if you can, I'm not really attached to who directs me to true north because I may not like the way it's packaged or anything like that. But every now and then, somebody you really don't like will say or do something that you agree with. Open your mind and allow that to process. On the other end, if you overthink things, you don't move, you freeze. And one of the mechanisms in a human being is when, when I talked about the stretch shortening cycle and rate of force development, is that the brain is managing thousands of different things at one time. And even non-things it's managing, meaning even thoughts going through your head. So if you have anxiety, if you're anticipating something, if you have all these going on, that will slow down how you act. That will slow down your movement. It will stutter your movement, right? So we want to understand what happens when we get congested with anxiety. 
how it makes us almost walk in circles, like what Caitlin was doing in the boxing room. She literally walking in circles like she was a, like a drugged chicken at, at the McDonald's farm. And it was like she was just walking in circles. So you want to get control of that party because that's most of us walking in circles. Um, a young lady came in here today with her father. She has a new baby, uh, a loving husband, and she brought her father in. And he saw uh, the Century Project. He got to see uh, my, my big brothers, Manny and Shelly, during their Century Project. And, and, and the daughter saw these older guys in, in extraordinary fit, uh, good shape. They looked great. And she realized her dad was about 15 years younger than them, and he looked easily 20 years older than them, right? And so she came to me, and, and she was doing everything to hold back tears. And she said, I want my dad to be like those guys. What can I do? And she said, because he just went outside after the treatment to check the perimeter. That was his code for smoking cigarettes. He has... Uh, various types of respiratory issues, COPD or whatever it is, and he has a bunch of stuff going on, and right after he did the treatment, he felt great. He says, I feel so good, I'm gonna smoke a cigarette. His daughter was in tears. She said, Dad, didn't you just see these guys that are much older than you, that look much younger than you? And didn't you hear this man say it is choices? And she asked me, with, from the bottom of her heart, what can I say or do to my dad? to get him. I want him to watch his grandchildren grow up. I just want them to know him. He's a good man and he's overcome a lot. I said, nothing you can do. Hate to be the bearer of bad news. I don't really hate being the bearer of bad news, but uh, I, you're supposed to say that. So I laid the bad news on her. Nothing you could do. Your dad doesn't love you as much as he loves cigarettes. And she said, what can I do to change it? I said, be an example. Just be an example. You just do you. Just do you. Love him as much as you can and do you because there's something that happened in that man's life before you ever came along that doesn't allow his sentiments to rise to the heroic level of giving you more time. So you want to love him for what he can give you. Be grateful for that and focus your energy on your family. That's what I said. So. When you think about that rate of force development, when do we act, when not? You take an assessment of what can you control, what are your objectives, and what you can't do anything about. Sometimes you just have to go without a lot of thinking, but you're always thinking. You need minimal conflicting thought. If the building is on fire, we don't even ask what we should do. We just say, door there, go. We just say, go out the door. We don't think, hmm, I think I left my purse. Or do a Caitlin, right? Should I order food first? I wonder. No, no, it's a fire. Get the hell out. So we need to know when that it's time to go, whatever it is. In relationships, are you going to fix it? Or are you going to rot? If you can fix it, fix it. Don't wait till Christmas. Don't wait. Till... It's a job. It's whatever it is, things you need to do. Most of us know about procrastination. Most of us can be extremely fit physically, let's say fit, and mentally. 
if you show up and go and do the work you need to do. If you do the work you need to do, you can go forward in the way you'd like to go forward. But if you hesitate, if you overthink it, if you overplan it, if you reschedule it, the opportunity to fail becomes greater. The opportunity to fail becomes greater. So you're asking me, when do we know when to act? I always use the fire analogy. When you know it's going to get hot, get the hell out. Move. Do something. Do something. When you have the opportunity, you can plan it out. You can do the thing. You can reevaluate what you're doing. You can do all that, and that's great, and that's what you want to do. So you want to know when to respond, when to react, when to stop, when to go, when to move, and when to be still. You follow me, Vin? Yeah, what's interesting, Z, is that even though what you're saying sounds pretty basic, I feel like a lot of us don't have that capacity, or we've lost that capacity to know when to do certain things. What you're talking about, it sounds like we need a certain awareness of ourselves. So we need that awareness of what's in our best interests. And we also need that connection to the visceral, like what is happening right now in life? What do I really care about? Is the situation going to improve my life? Is it going to harm me? Is it going to create uncertainty? Is it going to be totally irrelevant? And if we have that discernment, then we can choose. We can choose to act when we need to act. We can choose to get more information when we need more information. Or we can choose to step back and say, yeah, someone is telling me that I have to act. Someone's yelling fire, but I know that they're lying through their teeth. So I'm going to ignore them. But I think the challenge that people have, I don't know how much of this you would would ascribe to everyone, including opt-outs, our community, or maybe this is just more of a an issue for the general population. I don't know how broad this affliction is, but I want your perspective on it. It feels like we've overridden a lot of that that visceral input, and we've talked about this before in some of our podcasts around the way that the brain works. Uh, we've got that midbrain, which is interpreting what's happening in real time, what's happening in the present, what's a threat, what's an opportunity, and so forth. But then we've also got that frontal lobe, and that frontal lobe is spinning a story of life. So it's overlaying a movie. It's making sense of everything that we're seeing and we're feeling. And if that frontal lobe gets out of control and we spin too many crazy stories, and then we lose touch with the visceral. We live in our head and we don't have that connection. We're not grounded. We're not really understanding what is good for us and what is bad for us. We're listening to stories that someone else has told us. Like you have to do this. You have to stay in a relationship because if you don't, you're a bad person and you're a failure as a human being. Or we have to go to war because we have to be tough and we are a bastion of morality and we have to police the rest of the world, whatever it is. Or you take the example of health and physical fitness. We just have to accept that we're getting older and there's certain things that we can't do. And everyone that we hang out with has the same issue. Who are we to question it? So there's really no point in me exercising or acting or taking agency. I just have to accept the fact that I'm getting older. What is your view on this, Z? I mean, we've got all of this programming that we just pick up going through life. I feel like it's it's gotten worse over time uh, because we're more and more involved in devices. We're more and more anxious, which means that we're less present. We're 
less in tune with our bodies and less in tune with what's happening right now. So I would suspect that this is a general problem. But give me some thoughts on this. How big of an issue is this? And if this is an issue that we've lost touch with what is actually good for us, what is the remedy for that?
You know, it's funny because we're talking and I'm just thinking about my morning and how crazy it was. I was just reading some articles, catching up on the news. And I started laughing out loud reading this stuff because everything that's happening is just so crazy. But to the point that we've been talking about, it seems normal. It's presented as just matter of fact, like this wouldn't even cause anyone to react. It's just stuff that's happening that, I don't know, maybe it's important to know just because it's a continuation of what's been going on. But if you step back and look at it, it's just insane. And I'll give you a few examples of what I saw this morning. One was this article about funding the the war in Ukraine and how Pelosi is out talking about how we're going to be there until the end. We're going to fight this war till the finish. So that to me is crazy for the reasons we've been talking about. We're basically getting involved in a war with Russia using Ukraine as a proxy, and no one's talking about it. No one's debating that. That was the first thing. That kind of threw me off. Then I went to, I believe it was the New York Post, which has articles that are a little bit lighter. And there was this article about this guy named the Bushwick Bachelor. Uh, So apparently on YouTube, Someone who's got a YouTube channel had a friend who was single in uh, Bushwick, Brooklyn, and they decided to make a bachelor show on their YouTube channel. So they put an ad on Instagram, which I actually thought was pretty clever. And they sourced all these women who wanted to participate in the show, and they filmed a bunch of episodes. And they were talking about it, and they were saying, yeah, we got such incredible diversity. We even got a transsexual or transgender. You know, like that's something to celebrate. Again, not anything against people's choices, but this is a heterosexual man. So that just seemed bizarre to me. And then I was looking at the company website and there was one of the senior executives who had a short video clip who was telling all employees, yeah, just make sure you get up, get up, walk around a little bit, make sure you get some movement so you don't turn into a sloth during the week and basically blend in with the wallpaper and the furniture. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the advice that we're getting. So I'm reading this and everything I read, Z, it's like blowing my mind. Like it's one crazier thing after the next, but it's also normal. It's just news that's out there that's not so different from the news yesterday or the news tomorrow. It's not something that people are debating or reacting to. We're just going along with it, which is kind of the point that we're making with this discussion. We're just going along. We keep on rolling. We don't question. We don't pause. We don't take stock. In my view, the the first thing to do is just understand how crazy things are right now, how crazy these narratives are, the extent to which we have normalized insanity. I mean, if we really step step back and take that pause, maybe the first thing to do with that pause is just to look at circumstances, just look at our routines, our beliefs, uh, the the activities that we get involved in, uh, the behaviors that we have the things that we consider fun that are damaging our minds, damaging our bodies, the choices we're making collectively as a country, the way we're treating each other. It's just completely crazy. So if we have that perspective, that to me is grounding. I mean, we've been talking about how how can we cleanse our mind? Recognition is the first step. So with that first pause, that, that first breath that we take, let's just take an honest appraisal of what's going on around us and realize that this is something that that is wrong. Even though it seems common, it seems familiar, society is headed in a messed up direction. Uh, So we don't want to go along with that. And maybe that gives us some impetus to do a little bit more work and to get away from these things uh, that are are just pushing us 
in crazy directions, crazy directions, but directions that collectively we consider uh, this to be routine, you know, like it's no big deal. We'll just go along with bad health. We'll go along with nuclear escalation. <laughs> we'll go along with things that are basically sowing the seeds of our own destruction and, and we're not going to ask questions. So I would say that that's step one. Uh, if I had to think about how we start to, uh, to heal ourselves uh, from this condition. And another thing you said, which I thought was interesting, is that we spend time doing things and we need a purpose or a reason to be here. It's kind of like, what are we here for? What do we want to achieve? What are we going to do that's going to make us feel good, either because we enjoy doing it or because it's building something to a greater purpose, whether it's a family or it's some kind of service. I think the nature of the mind is we always have to be doing something. And we, we talked about this, in fact, it was either the last podcast or the podcast before, how the mind is always going. We always have to be in some kind of activity. That's just the nature of life. We go from one thing to the next to the next. And my observation is that we don't have enough things to do that are productive, or at least they're not top of mind. Maybe they are productive and they're buried somewhere but we're not aware of those. So Z, the one idea I have is if we just have a checklist of things that we want to do, here are the things that we're going to do, whether it's hobbies, whether it's nurturing relationships, whether it's some kind of service, whether it's some kind of creative outlet, whether it's just reading a book and and improving our knowledge about the world. Let's have that list so that it's top of mind. And when we have some downtime, we we go towards those things. Because I think the problem with the technology is that it's an easy answer. It's something that feels like activity. It feels like we're doing something. But as we're talking about, it really does nothing. But it occupies the mind. It serves that purpose. It gives us something to do, which is inherent to life. We need that activity. We need that stimulation. So maybe another thing I would add to what you said, in addition to, to kind of cleansing ourselves and doing the technology break, let's make sure that we have those nutrients. Let's get rid of the intellectual junk food that we've been eating and put things in there that are healthier, that are more nourishing. <clears throat> and so it's easier to reach for. We know in advance what we're going to do if we have some downtime. We got half an hour, we got an hour, maybe it's going for a walk, maybe it's reading a book. But I feel like if we we have that plan in place, then we're less likely to, to just spend time scrolling through the phone. So those are some of the ideas that I have, uh, just hearing your thoughts on this topic. Vin, I agree with you, and I, uh, for all of us who are really working on just being better people in, in these times that we live in, we must opt out, folks, um, and listen to what's going on. Listen to the, the narratives, the ciphers, the encryptions, uh, the, the different uh, verbiage that people use for each other, and reject it. Just to save your own soul, reject it. Um, you're talking about you know these these ridiculous things where they have some dating show and they they bring uh, people there that the person wouldn't be interested in to basically maybe cancel them or to put them on the spot. Um, we have to remember in a lot of this stuff, you go back. Nature is the supreme arbiter of human the human condition. We produce chemistry in our body that makes us attracted or not attracted. We are being influenced by the chemicals in the environment and the GMOs to buffer those senses in our body. We know that. We know that. 
This is common scientific understanding. If you eat a lot of lead in your food, you drink uh, from lead pipes, eating lead paint chips, your intellect will decline. We know that. If you eat a lot of phytoestrogen, your hormones will be thrown off and you will be more susceptible to cancer and disease and gender ambiguity. This isn't a slight against why you eat too much sugar, too much carb, too much processed foods. It's going to throw off your insulin pumps and the way that your body stores and produces fats. You listen to too much junk on the internet, you'll be sucked in, you'll go crazy, you'll be part of that. So all we have to do is our mental fast, our physical intermittent fasting, and listen to things with that idea of what are they selling me? What ideology, what dogma are you trying to get me to buy into and why? And just asking those questions will give you that pause I talked about, that little delay that you need to get clarity. The mind loves that. When you do that little pause, let me think about it. It's kind of like going to a car dealership and he walks you through the whole thing and they start pressuring you. I don't know if anybody's had that experience. The dealer starts pressuring you. We've got to close the sale. We've got to close the sale. That's because they don't want you to think. And right when he says, I've got to absolutely close the sale for this deal, then he offers you some other bullshit, under body coating or uh, whatever it is. They, the extended warranty doesn't work or, or whatever, tinting or something, window sun prevention stuff. I thought the deal was closed. No, because they pushed you and got you not to think. You're much more, it's much easier to sell you stuff when you're not thinking, when you're not clear, when you're in a rush, when you're next, 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 next. There's a time for that in drill and martial arts training, things like that. We don't want you sitting there walking in circles. But if I'm trying to sell you a car, I, I, I want you disturbed. I want you to act. I want you to move. And a lot of this stuff in the media, they want you to buy stuff, and people are confused about it. Hey, does that sound right to you? No, it doesn't sound right. Well, I don't know. He had a good point. There's a guy, he, has a, he makes a good point, and then there was this internet thing on TikTok, and it kind of made sense to eat glitter paint and light a match on my face. It made sense at the time. See, you see what happened? Your mind is just, you're losing your mind. You're losing uh, agency, as you say, Vin. You're losing faculty. So we know that all of us are susceptible to that. So we have to, uh, we, we would do ourselves a favor by knowing when to pause. Let me think about it. Let me consider it. Okay, I've considered it. Now let's go. All right? So it, it helps to develop that mechanism in us. Most of us have lost that mechanism of self-regulation. That, thus, that leads to addiction. Addiction to what? Addiction to disembodied information, unaccountable to anybody. I feel like if a person isn't willing to fall on their sword for the information that's out there, it's not worth your time attaching yourself to them. Just a thought, Vin. Yeah, I think that's right, Z. And I would just add one more thing with the pause. I think about it as dust settling. Like literally there's a dust storm of thoughts and emotions and impulses going on in the mind. And we're just in a state where it's go, go, go. Whether it's going to the next activity or it's checking the next thing on the cell phone. I think it's useful when we're doing that pause to pause for long enough 
so that we can feel that dust settling. It's almost like a physical sensation. You can feel the mind clearing and you get to a point where that that energy, uh, that impetus to do the next thing starts to fade away. And when you're there, you feel it. That's when you have the clarity and that's when you can start doing the more intelligent action. Uh, You talked about Muhammad Ali. Uh, You're not just reacting, you're responding. Uh, so that, that's one thought, maybe a tool that uh, can help people as uh, we're going through this. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, it's uh, difficult times. I don't want to be too dire about it, but I do feel like what we're what you're saying, Z, and this entire topic is absolutely correct. We can't just go along with what's happening. There's too much of a cost. We have to be able to step back, pause, and really we have to be able to discern what's in our best interest. For sure, Vin. I, I was just thinking as we're gonna going coming to a close. It, 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 in one hand, it's dire. In another way, it is just part of life on earth, and we need to make the best of our lives and get the most out of it, find joy in what we do. And a lot of that is about clearing up the clutter in your mind, clearing up the clutter in your work. And you can do a simple survey. Do you know, we can ask ourselves, do we, do I understand healthy boundaries as it pertains to time, as it pertains to interacting, as it pertains to people whom we spend time with? Healthy boundaries. There are people you can spend a little time with, and there are people you can spend a lot of time with. Know that. There's also, you have your own limits, your, your own capacity. We need to go to bed at night. And before you go to bed, you have to go through your rituals of disassociating yourself from that day, that abulation, the bath, the evening bath, or shower, as we can say. But it's not just the water and soap. It's the ritualized ending of the day. The day is ended. It's over. The new day is dawning. How do I want to approach the new day? You know that there's going to be an endless 24-7 stream of madness awaiting for you online. That's not going off. So when do you sit down and say, you know what? I'm going to put my computer down. I'm going to put my phone on the charger. I'm going to sit here and just kind of marinate with my family, my kids. I'm going to let my mind rest. I'm going to let it dwell. I'm going to do things that have no purpose. Just be here. And you see, just doing that fast will go a long way in giving you clarity. But if you stay in the mess, you're never clear. You're constantly going from one crisis to another crisis. You're exhausted. Once you get exhausted, you have uh, less resistance to these false narratives and just being bombarded with excessive noise. Uh, You have uh, lower executive function. So you need the rest. We need the break. So healthy boundaries is a good way of testing your own clarity in these congested moments we live in. You follow me, Vin? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. Look, I don't want to sound too dire either. I mean, I do feel like... uh... At an individual level, a lot of this stuff, it's worrying the direction that the world is going in. But I'm grateful for the life that I have. My situation is great. Uh, 
as long as we're not bombed out of oblivion, you know, out of existence. Well, we may be bombed even then, even though, but then, even then, there may be a nuclear war next week. It's the end of the, but you got to do like the old song says, it's the end of the world and I feel fine. It's the end of the world, and we know it. And I feel fine. Yeah, yeah. Look, look. You just you, you just get the you get the drugs and the girls, and uh, that's your yeah, job. Yeah, no, no problem. The end of the world. And we have to live like that because look, we're all going to die anyway. Either in the nuclear burn, or or we make it to our, our, our time to kick the bucket, or whatever. So let's really remember to enjoy life as we navigate life. Okay. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a review on Podbean, iTunes, or your favorite podcasting app. Each five-star review helps us bring you more unique and insightful content. Learn more at dharmamedia.com. Peace.